Well, howdy, everyone. This is Dave Cohen on Guitar Tales. We have a cool guest from Austin, Jackie Benson. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be here. How you doing? Good, thanks. You have any Frito pie out there? Do I have any Frito pie? Yeah, um, my favorite I haven't thing had Frito pie town. in a while. No. But there are a lot of good options for Frito pie here. I'd, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to look them up though. You know, the landscape's different after COVID. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I yeah. love, love, love your town. Absolutely love it. It's such it's a, a great cool town. Place. It is. It's a great music town. It's a great eating town. But uh, mm -hmm. thank you. Uh, I think I think you're our first Texan on the show. I'm not sure. Really, that's surprising. There's a lot of Texans out there. There are a lot. Um, I lived in Houston in 1987, and I like Austin better. Houston was cool, but Austin's a much cooler town. <laughs> Houston, you gotta you gotta tap into the right places in Houston, and it's just it's really fast. That's the thing. Yeah. About it. Really, really fast. But but Austin can feel a little small sometimes. So if you mm -hmm. need a you need that bigger feeling, then you know you can find it in Houston. Yeah, that's true. Somewhere there's a picture of me on a uh, one of those mechanical bulls from Austin, <laughs> literally doing quite poorly at it. I, I would say, but there, that picture does exist somewhere. <laughs> so, um, see, so I, I I have this really cool thing. I printed out your Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. and, and I, I, it was such a great cheat sheet for today. Um, nice. You've got, you've got a cool career already, and you're young. You've already accomplished so much. You are. Well, I've been, I've been at it my whole life, so I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right, 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 right. Um, so, so dad, professional musician, mom, a doctor, and mom pushed you to play piano, which is wonderful, right? Oh yeah. And then, yeah. what's the backstory? I, I I read it a bit, but I want to hear the backstory of that occasion when you sort of switched from piano to guitar. Well, it was the end of college and I hadn't really played the piano much in college. I just used it to do homework. I, I didn't choose a major that involved performing in okay. college because I didn't think that I needed to spend my college money on learning how to perform. I always thought that you just go out and start performing and then you just learn the ropes as you're doing it. Right. Uh, I mean, not to knock anyone who decided to be a performance major at Berkeley. I just really wanted like a major that touched on stuff that was really specialized. Like if I'm going to be here and I'm going to be spending all this money and time, you know, being here in Boston, you know, thousand miles away from home, I'm going to learn something where that I don't know. I can like, I don't know where I, else I would learn some of this stuff. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like if I'm going to be here, <clears throat> going to get the most I can out of this specific place and that was the strategy when I was choosing my major and I thought that the most like hyper specialized thing that they offered was like studio production learning okay. how to use the studio how to record how to mic things and learning how to like edit afterwards mixing and all that stuff and then they also offered like composition and arranging learning oh, wow. how to write for a 13 piece horn band learning how to write for a four-piece barbershop shop quartet, learning how to write, a arrange a classical song for a five-piece rock band. That's you really know? cool. And all of that, exactly. I'm like, man, I didn't, first of all, I didn't even know what arranging was. I thought I thought the songwriter thought of the song and then boom, there's the recording. Yeah, like, right. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize there's all 
this stuff between the melody and the chords and the lyrics and then the record. There's like all this stuff in between it. And Berkeley was the first time I had ever been turned on to all of that stuff in between. Right. You know, a lot of connectors happened. I was like, oh, that's why it says composer. And then separately it says arranger. That's why, oh, like. Did you like do that in class? Moment. Did you just like make that noise in front of everyone? Yep. I was <laughs> like, oh. There's a long O. That's you know, cool. And, and mind blowing, just, oh. The stuff you we know, take for granted. You know, I, I'm so dumb at times. I forget how much music goes into the TV shows and movies I oh watch. My like, God. You know, like, yeah, that stuff is intricate, man. Yeah, like I take it for granted. You know, like there's people. We all do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Taking advantage of their creativity, working really hard to help move the story along. And I just watch the show and I, I kind of don't well, appreciate that's okay. it. Yeah. That's your, that means they're really good at their job. They don't want you to hear the music. They want right. you to feel a certain way because of the music you're hearing. They don't right. want you to hear the music. That, that means they're not good at their job. Right, right, right. The music takes the person away from the movie. That means either the person who wrote the music is not good or the person who mixed the audio is not good right. or both. Or you've got a narcissist the, composing the music who wants to make it all about that's themselves. That's a not good... That's a not good TV show composer. You need the yeah. TV show composer to be happy with yeah. being in the background. Actually, so much so that they don't want you to hear the music. They just want you to be feeling a certain way. And if you were to analyze how you feel, you would realize that the music's a big part of it. But that's not the point. Right. The point is that you feel dread. And all of a sudden, if you're a musician, you'll also hear... And you're like, oh, that's why I feel dread. There's like a Gregorian chant. Right, and right, right. Like really dark right now. Yeah. But most people don't go that deep. They just feel dread, and that's where it ends because they went to see the movie to be entertained. And that's right. And that's exactly, you know, and it's like if you're a phlebotomist, you don't want people mm -hmm. feeling the needle when you put it in their arm. Nope. You want to get the blood out, call it a day, right? And if, and if you're like a surgeon, you don't want someone coming back after yeah. you're done with your surgery three or four days later because because something happened and now you got to go back and redo something. Maybe you left something in there. Right, right. You know, exactly. like that's not a good, that's not a good surgeon. A surgeon you have to go back to. Right. With the or, exception of specialized surgeries, a surgeon you have to go back to is probably not a very good surgeon. Right. Or to, to take this to the real extreme level, you don't want your surgeon carving his or her initials into your body when they when they stitch you up. Because it's not yeah, about actually, that. So the actually, the, the quality of the surgeon sometimes is measured in the um, in the intensity of the scar. Sometimes, sometimes right. the surgeons like a part of why one surgeon is better than the other is because their incision point is tiny. It's like, how did right. you do all of that with that incision? Wow. Like that. That's a great surgeon right there. You know, exactly. Right. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> like people people use the word surgeon in that context, like an adjective. Like yeah surgical precision right mm -hmm. yes yeah. they do exactly they they use it to talk about something that might not even have anything to do with surgery that's how you know well known of a quality that is yeah so i heard jack that we use it to describe a lot of things yeah i heard jackie venson is so good at guitar her leads are like surgical precision <laughs> actually yeah. i'm gonna be honest that i would i would consider that a compliment but in inaccurate compliment right you want to be think, looser yeah i don't think i'm a surgically precise player i think i'm more of like a 
off the cusp, however I'm feeling right in that moment. It also, I might be having clammy hands that day, so I'm just holding notes. Right, yeah, and I've, I've watched your videos, they're great, and that, that would not really be the, I mean, you don't, you don't even aspire to that. You would That's have not my that. style. I mean, there yeah. are some people yeah. who are surgically precise when they play, like, Joe Bonamassa or Eric Ailes. Yeah. Like, those people are like, whoa, but then there are people who are also like, they're like, whoa, but in this different way to where yeah. it's almost like they're lightning in a bottle and they never sound the same. And like, yeah. you can't predict what they're going to do. And I feel like Buddy Guy is that way. You never yeah. know how that guy is going to sound, man. Right. You only know how he's going to sound the moment he starts sounding. Right, right. And it, it could be his best day. It could be his worst day. Either way, he doesn't give a shit. He's just right. playing. And like, that's, I love that because yeah. I came from classical piano. And yeah. classical piano was like, you're not playing the song right. You missed five notes and you didn't hold that rest long enough. And I'm like, hey, so how did it sound though? Like, did it make you feel good? Was it nice for you? And they're like, well, you missed five notes and you didn't hold that rest out long enough. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Yeah, and that's, so let, this is, you just gave the great segue. So set up the scene for us, and whether it was like a slow decision or like a snap decision. When you, um, picked up guitar it wasn't in 2011 right okay so it was like this it was like standing at an intersection of like five different realizations okay so let's one, hear it one of the one of it was like a five-way intersection of realizations so one realization was okay college is over and you're 21 and you're not old like you could get away with living with your mom for a while but like you got to have a direction right like it's yeah. okay like rely on your parents because you don't really have a lot going on but it's not okay to I don't think it's okay to do that without any idea of a direction like you need to be trying something you can't just like unless you're caretaking for your parents that's that's a real job right you know like you can't just like sit at home and be that kid that sits at home and screams at his mom to make him some meatloaf you can't be that yeah. person okay while playing video games yeah while playing yeah. video games and you're not even like you have no idea what you want to do with your life like there are a few exceptions where it's okay to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I always want to be feel like I'm going in a direction, like my life is going somewhere. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Like, and I don't need to feel that way because I'm like trying to be some millionaire or whatever. I just need something to do. Like when I open my eyes in the morning, all the infinite possibilities of lives, I, I, I need to narrow it down. So, <laughs> do you so know this what I mean? Is, I do. So, so you're at this That's five one realization. You're right. So you've got, so that one out of five, so let's hear about the other four-ish okay. at your intersection. The other, another realization was I definitely want to perform. I want to perform. I want to be the front person of a, of a project and I want to perform. Like, and yeah. I want to like be able to operate independently of a band or have a band also. I, I don't want to be held back by like, oh, I can't get these five people together. So that narrows down like the instrument i'm going to be playing okay as the front person because like it was default i got to be playing an instrument right yeah 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 i got to be playing an instrument um if i want to be able to operate independently i got to be able to accompany myself on something to take solo gigs right so yeah. uh that was the second realization i'm going to be playing an instrument and singing i want to be the front woman of a, of a project i really like the hours i really mm -hmm. like the money for the amount of hours yeah. You know, like, By hours, you mean late hours, not 
Yes, the schedule. Like you don't have to wake up early to go do this job. Like yeah, I yeah. know I have the first realization leads me to I need a job, right? Yeah, right, right, right. The second realization is I want that job to be somehow leading some kind of music project, whether it be a cover band or I, I hosted karaoke for a while. Oh, really? I should be able to like, yes, I can provide entertainment for your event. This is my rate. Like that's the job. Yeah. That's yeah. the job. And you feel so good, you're being productive, you're entertaining people. I have an idea. When I tell my mom I need to live with her for at least a year, I'll tell her what my idea is. I'm gonna live you with you plan. for a year and go try to build this client list of people who hire me to perform. Right, right. That's all I was thinking about. I hadn't written any songs. I hardly even knew how to play the guitar yet. Right. But a lot of my early gigs were on the piano singing or singing with a wedding band so no playing no instruments just singing with a wedding band or um playing the piano and accompany myself uh these these were all you know, hosting karaoke hosting open mics those were That's a lot cool. of my very early jobs when i got home and um didn't know how to play the guitar right now is this when you were jackie the robot i had a look at my no, notes jackie the robot's brand new all right jackie so we'll come to that all right we'll jackie come to that <laughs> A whole, All right. a whole different thing. We'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, so we're still at so our then, intersection. So let's talk about the other. Realization. Third realization was I don't like how my songs that I write sound on the piano. All of my uh, songs that I write on the piano are sappy and valid. Okay. And I don't know how to change that. I don't know how to write anything rhythmic and, and upbeat that doesn't sound like like forced. Mm-hmm. Walking you know, on like, sunshine or like some stupid. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want this to sound like a real song. Like, like the people I really look up to, like Stevie Wonder. Like his songs yeah. sound like they're like aural beings. They're not just like some words that he threw down. Like they're arranged, they're thought out, the melodies are really like standalone, the horn arrangements. It's like a complete masterful thing that like has existed on its own now and, and has legs and it and does you, work for stevie wonder without stevie wonder even doing anything he's right. still getting paid off of songs he wrote and recorded 50 years ago right and and you for whatever reason piano wasn't the vehicle for you to get that done i could not get that kind of song out of the piano i, I could maybe like one out of every like 100 songs i wrote were really good songs but still slow okay and right and theatrical and i i didn't know how to change it i tried to start a band with that kind of music it was just the gigs people just wouldn't listen you know like every like when you know when you know how to read a crowd yeah yeah I'd yeah these gigs on the piano and i'd be like they don't it, want to hear this it, and it's not their fault yeah like i came here with this material and started playing it and this is their natural completely true unadulterated 100% the truth, this is how they feel about it. They are showing you yeah. how they feel about it without throwing tomatoes at you. You should be grateful that you're getting this information, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm getting this raw information, playing the piano and singing for people. And I'm like, so that was the that was a third realization. Like, it's not happening for me on the piano. It's right. not. Right. And I'm not excited about gigs on the piano. So then I'm like, okay, I took those three realizations, right? And then I get to a fourth one. I'm like, here's the fourth realization. It's never too late. Oh, I like that. It's never that. too late to change your life. Um, you have a supportive family and 
your mom, like as long as you find some kind of way to hustle up some money, if you want to change your life in a really big way, you can deal with that change as you're scraping together this money and it'll be a transitional process and it'll be okay. Yeah. All right, so there we got four. I like that one a lot. And you're talking to an old fart right now. And yeah. um, the idea, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. I, I've reinvented many things many times, even past yeah, the it's age never of too late. I mean, you're just, you're just going to die one day. So like, why yeah. would you, it's too late. Too late for what? Okay, you're going to die one day, but you're not dead yet. So what do you yeah. mean it's too late? <laughs> right, I, I completely agree. No, it's too agree. late when you're dead. And it's and, and, so, and it's it's almost it's a real depressing thought that whether you're 21, hey, I'm done with college, I can't change because I focused on piano in college, or whether you're yeah, 40 exactly. or 50 or 60, you know, and you know, we we could hop on on uh, Wikipedia and find all sorts of people who reinvented themselves at 60, and they in the last yeah. quarter or whatever of their life was amazing. It's so yeah. like, yes, it was worth it, a hundred percent, it was worth it. Well, let like, me ask you, like, yeah. You can regret all the time that you didn't do it, or you can start doing it and gain all this time that you did it. Right. And, and there's something, you know, we, we had uh, this guy, Vic Ramos on, who's well, just a wonderfully eccentric guy who acts, he sings, builds guitars, and he cooks, like just all nice. sorts of stuff. But but one of the things I asked him about, and I've asked other folks about, we had, we had Kenny Dubman, who stopped playing guitar and fished for 10 years, and then went back to guitar, right. which I think is cool, right? and when you switch, I, I think what happens, I've had this theory, and I, I like to always run it by people, and you're, and you're younger than most for this issue. I think a lot of, for a lot of folks, the muse stops talking to them after a certain period of time. But I've also sensed with our guests that when they, when they switch medium, they're still doing something in the creative realm, and they, yeah. they switch the vehicle they use, it, it sort of re-energizes their creative juices. Absolutely. And, yeah, you were a kid when you did it at 21, but did you feel a little bit of that when you went from piano to guitar? I was stoked. Okay, so check it out. So the fifth and final realization yeah. was um, I have, like, good ideas have lonely childhoods and combine that with I have a support system. Good so ideas this, have lonely childhoods. Yeah, but I have a support system. So basically... Yeah. The fifth realization is this is going to take time to make sense to anybody else but you. Right. But uh, if you set yourself up, either you can be your own support system or if you have a great support system around you, you know, they're going to trust you. Right. It's just that you got to work really hard. You got to like show them that you're really going after it. So like right. I would practice for like six hours a day ever since day one, day one. That's great. I went, and I went to Guitar Center with my dad and we bought a guitar because I had him help me pick it out. You know, he's like, you got to make sure the neck's right and all this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. And my dad plays bass. So my dad was like, I'll just come with you. Right. And me and my dad bought my first guitar. And um, what did you get? I got a Fender Mexi Strat. It was awesome. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. It was awesome. I'm convinced that it doesn't really matter where the guitar is made. Uh, it matters the individual guitar. Yes. Each uh, individual I, guitar has the potential to be the greatest guitar you've ever touched. And it, it doesn't. doesn't matter the brand. I had a post-CVS 78 Strat. Yeah. And when people would play it, they would say it was the best Strat they ever played. What I'm trying to say is yeah. it can literally be a brand that you've seen. Let's say this one brand, you've seen 50 guitars by this brand and it's horrible. 
or maybe even 500 guitars by this brand. It's horrible. I promise you, there's one out there by that brand. That's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. the person, the one person who made that one guitar, they just cared a little bit more than the rest of those 500 people. Right, right. That's very I cool. And, and, it, and it's true. You know, you could go to Guitar Center and look at the exact same model on the rack. They're right next to each other. And this one is a thousand times better than this one. Yeah. And you haven't even looked at the price yet. Right. It could even and be the same be price. It could be the exact yeah. same model, the same it price. Be, and one yeah, is better exactly. Than the same model, same yeah. price. You're right. And one is better than the other. Or they both suck. Yeah. And you wouldn't pay $1,000 for the, for either of them. Right. Right. Even, even if you had the money to like just throw away, yeah. you still wouldn't buy it. And it's like supposed to be a Fender American, you know, like, yeah. no, I played, I played plenty of terrible Fender American strats and I played right. terrible Squire strats and I played amazing Fender American strats and I've played amazing Squire strats. So like, yeah, it's the individual guitar. It really, really, really is. Yeah. And so, um, me and dad got me my first guitar, the Sunburst Gold Hardware, Rosewood Neck, Fender Mexi Strat, and it was awesome. That's and I learned fantastic. how to play, play the guitar on that guitar. And I ended up selling it for a green Strat uh, that I just fell in love with and I needed help paying for it, so I sold that one. Right. I still have the green Strat. Most of That's my cool. like press photos and gigs and all that stuff that I built early on is with yeah. that green, green Strat. I love green guitars. Um, our publicist yeah. has this um, guitar called the Ivy you know, on his website, Guitar Assist. It's really cool. And at yeah. some point, I'm buying an Ivy for myself. Just the idea of a green guitar is very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds good, man. Yeah, it's all good stuff. <laughs> so you do that. So let, let's let's fast forward. So a bit. then. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm like, sorry. Okay, Go on. I can. Yeah. So it's like all these five realizations lead to, okay, I don't like how my songs sound on the piano. I don't like my performance persona on the piano. I, I, I tried to play gigs on the piano for like seven years, ever since high school. Oh, wow. okay. I started like playing like weird little matinee gigs at hotels and stuff that I got on Craigslist by the time I was like 17. And so I, I really did try the piano thing and it was just way too loungy and I hated it. And I'm like, so you want to be a performer, an artist, that means you need to build this entire thing that you want around like a foundational thing that everybody wants to see. Like that's all the most, all the most successful performers in history did that. They had this thing that they did yeah. that everybody wanted to see them do that thing because when they do that thing, it's different than when anybody else does whatever thing they did. Yeah. This person yeah. doing this thing is like the thing that I want to see. So for mm -hmm. example, Michael Jackson, dancing slash specifically the moonwalk right 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 michael jackson's like okay people love his music right that's not why they go for the shows no it's the you're they right. go to the shows and they watch the videos and they love the songs because they can try to do that thing that he did while the song is going in the club you know like that's yeah. what they wanted from him they want to see him dance and they want to see him do the moonwalk yeah and then also he had great songs so they want to see him sing the right. songs you, need, you need that at the very least you need the great music you don't always need the great songs sometimes you can have like really cool dance moves and really great costumes and sometimes that's enough you know it's everybody everybody's thing um is very subjective you know what i'm saying so, yeah so let's so let's talk about your thing so how did you search well for i'm like okay 
I saw it as you, you asked if I had like these cool creative juices that like rejuvenated me. What was yeah. cool was these five realizations leading me to this analytical period where I felt like I was looking at my own life as a blank canvas. And I was able to literally like with my own hands, not with the help of my parents or not me trying to copy somebody else. I felt like I was looking at this canvas and I felt like I was like this age where I, where I wasn't old. And I right, thought, and right. it was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting. Now, and I'm not saying that it's like, it's not like then. bad to be old. It's not what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying like, I'm only 21 and I feel like I'm looking at this canvas and, and even if it takes me 10 years, then I'll only be 31. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the way, I am 31 right now, which is free. I know that from this. But anyways. I studied you. Um, so right here. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is yeah. like, I got excited by like, I didn't give a shit about how yeah. much work it was gonna be. I didn't care. I'm like, look, there's no way it's gonna take longer than 10 years if I put as much work in, into it as I plan on putting into it. Right. So this is exciting. Even though it's like a lot of people get overwhelmed. No, if I'm gonna be alive for at least the next 10 years, this is exciting. Yeah. Did you I don't know care how hard it's gonna be? In your mind, had you identified those five things or was it more general back then? When did you figure out it was five things? Uh, it, it was all of those. I figured it out in the moment. I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, all right, there are five things that you need to analyze right. in your life. Like, no, I just was mentally kind of like vision boarding. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. I vision boarded. Vision yeah, boarding is good. That's fantastic. And, and what's really cool, 21 is a great age to take yeah. stock of your life, take stock of your goals. Where do I want to be? And just blow where? everything up. Yeah, parents are still alive. They're able to still help me. If I, if I fall, I still have a little bit of a cushion. Yeah. You know, like I just, I saw it for what it was. I saw the time in my life for what it was. I wasn't like beholden to some idea like I needed to be some child prodigy. Right. I saw like... I need to be famous by the time I'm 23 or else I'm never going to make it. Like I, some people really think like that. And like, it's yeah. insane by the way, because 23 is like, you're like an infant. Absolutely. So it's yeah. really crazy to think that you have to achieve anything by 23. That's insane. Very few of us do. I mean, people, That's some do. nobody does. And the ones that do, some of them are very troubled. Uh, yeah. Well, that's definitional. Absolutely. Very. Yeah. Did it almost feel like an out-of-body experience, like you stepped out of yourself, then yes. you were looking at yourself objectively? That's pretty well, because, cool. Here's, well, because I saw it as a problem. It was causing me anxiety. I'm like, what am I going to do when, I'm go, when I go home? I'm not just going to be like the rest of the people who never left town. Like, just, all right, I guess I got my job, and now we go, we go drink on Fridays. Right. Like, no, 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 no. I don't care how much work I'm going to have to do. At least I'm going to be doing work instead of just like yeah. rotting in place. Well, that's another common theme I'm getting from everyone. And I've learned it in my personal professional life. I don't know that I've ever met anyone who has achieved real success without real effort. You know, oh, like, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I don't care what your natural level of talent is. No Everyone way. I know music i'm a lawyer in the law it dominates their whole life the more yes. successful they are the more life it takes from them yes absolutely like they, let's say they're awake for 13 hours a day the more successful they are the, the amount of time they spend in that 13 hours working 
yeah, actually probably a truly successful work person is probably awake for like 17 hours a day. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And they spend 15 of it doing whatever it is that makes them successful. Yeah, fully, fully agreed personally and from people I've just met over my many, many years on this planet. And I really believe that. And I think it leads to a satisfying existence. Yes, exactly. And that's all I okay. wanted. I wanted to go home and have a direction. It's almost like being a kid, like kids who are in routines, you know, they, they do better, right. you know? And I'm talking about like young kids, like under the age of like, you know, 10 or something. Yep. Like kids, young kids who are on routines, they do better. It's same with like dogs. Yeah. And I think it's the same with adult humans. I'm like, look, I need some structure to my life. I'm not going to be in school anymore. I'm never going to be in school again. So now what, what am I going to do with that energy that I put into school? It's like, okay, I don't want to put it into a nine to five because I don't pay very well. And um, also I'm probably going to hate the person who's my boss. I don't want a boss. I, I don't right. like bosses. I don't like bosses. So I'm like, if I don't so wait, like wait, bosses, wait, hold on. What do you think about, how do you feel about bosses? I don't like bosses. I think <laughs> most of them are not qualified. And so yeah, it's like, absolutely. how dare you talk to me like that? I don't care that you make five more dollars an hour than me. How dare you right, talk right. to me like that? You know, how dare you sit yeah. here and act like you're better than me just because you make a few more dollars than I do? No. Security. It's I, talking. I don't like bosses and I don't like, that mentality of like, I'm the boss. It's like, look, if everything around here is sucking and the morale of your employees suck, that means you suck. <laughs> yeah, the best people I've worked with over the years never say you work for me, they say you work with me. With me, with exactly, you. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So I just, exactly. I don't like bosses. And- um, You're being really unclear right now on your feelings. I like, just, I, like I, I don't know teams. what you're saying. I like teams. Absolutely. I like it when everybody has a lane and they are the, everybody's the boss, but they're only yes. the boss of their lane. Yep. Yep. Some of them might have one or two lanes. That's cool too. Some people yep. are very smart and capable so they can be the boss of more than one lane, but that's how I prefer to do my work. So that's how I knew I wanted to be the leader of a band, either a cover band or a band that makes original music, maybe a cover band at first and then start you know, slowly. That's what I did. I started being like doing karaoke and open mics and doing covers and stuff. And then over time, as I started collecting more material, I would replace the covers. Now I don't do covers at all because um, there's, because I have a lot of songs. Yeah, that's and, it. and I saw you, you've had some, besides your albums, which we could chat about, you've opened, I'm cheating a little bit. I put the piece of paper right down here below my computer. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't pretend I memorized it, but you've opened for, you know, I'm very authentic, but You've opened for uh, Jason Aldean, uh, Tim McGraw, and James Taylor. And what an amazing set of accomplishments, separate from your own studio albums. Like, that that's thats a big deal, you know? Well, get... yeah, it led me to some fans, so that's good. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And, and those yeah. are discerning fans who, you know, those are all very talented, really talented folks, you know? Indeed. And, for, and, for and you also to... folks who, like... Uh have fans that really love the songs and so like it's the type of audience you want where they come to hear the yeah. songs that they listen to on their own you know not everybody just listens to music no. so you have to you have to find that's why those opportunities actually mean something because yeah. those people listen to those artists music and have for years which yeah. means that they have that 
within their list of behaviors. Right. And right. so as an artist who does original music, you want to play in front of people whose behavior is to listen to music on their free own time, learn it, get attached to it, and then come want to see it live. Like that's the exactly kind of person you want to target. Yeah. So, because so those three people, like yeah. they're all people who've made their careers. Those three folks, Jason Aldean, Tim McGraw, and Yeah, yeah. And, and, and quality writing that's meaningful. You yeah. Know? Um, and, and so, yeah, for, for you to, to introduce your brand to them, that's the perfect audience for you because they appreciate what you work toward, what you strive to accomplish. Well, they've, they've stuck with me ever since they saw me there. So that's fantastic. And that, that, it all, it all worked out really excellently. And, and, and that's gotta be hard, right? So, you know, they, they didn't come there to see you yet. Right. The first, anyone who's seen you for the first time, they've come to see someone else like, all right, let me yep. see what the opening act is. And you so that's a different level of responsibility. Right. Uh, it's, for you. It's the perfect amount of responsibility. It's, okay. it's the least amount of responsibility I'm ever going to have in my life. And the more the longer I'm alive, that respond that that low level of responsibility. Right. Uh, or lower level of responsibility relative to when somebody is coming to see an artist who they've listened to for 40 years and they yeah. actually probably know the words better than you. Right, right, right. That's a pretty high level of responsibility. Right, because James Taylor has been around probably for 50 years before. Yes, yeah, some of these artists, they use teleprompters, literally, so that they don't forget their own lyrics because maybe they have like, oh, I don't know, 200 songs. Yeah. And, and so they use teleprompters because the people in the audience also paid like $115. Yeah, yeah. Each. And so there's not really any room for like, oh, dead Dodo Brain. There's no room in that ticket price for Dodo Brain. That's so right. So a lot of these really big artists, they use teleprompters for their lyrics. That's some. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any interactions with any of them? Like, who no. would you? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no that's way. funny that's right no hey, there's no opportune time to do it so a funny little thing so when you uh -huh. and i we were setting up before we went on you went out to get your uh buy drink and i'm yeah. looking behind you and i just thought this would be funny yeah i don't think you know you got the keyboard behind you this yeah. thing is this is probably 15 years older than you oh my it, god that's amazing it's a crappy casio it's smaller than mine. Mine's a little more. I'm just saying, it's more compact than mine. I'm impressed. Well, this, this is this is junk. It's literal junk. But our publicist and I, when we were in a band together in 1982 or three, mm -hmm. 1981 and 1982, he would play this sometimes. And, it, and I mean, if it sounds like something and that sound can't be recreated, then it's its own thing. It's kind of yeah. It is kind of cool. And, and you cannot play a chord. You can only play one note at a time on it. Good. That, that's a, but if you look here, it's got, it's a sampler from 1980. So you can actually like talk wow. into it and play it on the keyboard, you know. Wow. So I saw your, I know that's a real keyboard and this is plastic junk, but I just thought it'd be funny. It for might not be reason. junk, man. I mean, it might sound really good. Well, it's wonderful junk. It's wonderful junk. It might, it might junk. be the thing that breaks the album. That's all I got to say. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you look, I always like to talk about the fact that way back in the day, to get really good distortion, the kinks would take a razor blade to the speakers to create distortion, you know? 
That, they didn't yeah. pay any money for that. They did the opposite of pay They're, money. Well, actually, they did. They did pay money. Right, for that. Right. We all yeah. found out years and years and years right. later when we all found out how record deals work. But yeah, they did pay for that for sure. That's, that's <laughs> very true. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, let's talk about your studio albums. Talk about the process, what you put out, and all that kind of interesting stuff. Well, I use a um, I use a sampler. So it's funny you brought up the sampler. So right. I use a, a Pioneer's Terize sampler, Pioneer DJ. It's a DJ sampler. And uh, oh, really? it has uh, 16 tracks that you can put sounds on. And okay. each can be individually manipulated. So you can mute one, you can turn it down, you can put compression or effects on each individual track of the sampler. So what I do is I, um, that's how I arrange my songs. So that's like cool. if I want... If I want to write a new song, I just go, I go into my beat library of like 10,000 beats that you can just get from the internet. Right, right. <laughs> and I find a beat that I like, and then I just start kind of building the song from there. Because I really like songs with beats because of my, you know, one of the five realizations, the one of the five pillars. I hate yeah. how sappy and slow my other music was. And so now I'm like, okay, beats are life, beats only, beats, beats. Like I'm all about beats. <laughs> right. No, so, and so yeah. I want to avoid the sappiness. Um, yeah. And I want I want people to like listen. And I'm telling you, if you get a solid beat, people are just like, Yeah. It's I, like I'm as thinking, soon as you start the beat. As soon as you start the beat, they're like, they're like drinking, they're getting something in the bar, and they're like The second you said that, another one bites the dust popped in my head. Like uh Billy Jean. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that's um, in my head. Any yeah. Aerosmith or ACDC song. Yeah. Anyone. Even the yeah. slow sappy ones are like do do but do do boop boop. Like even the slow sappy ones like uh that don't want to miss a thing. That has a pretty heavy beat, rock beat in it actually. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So even their slow sappy songs have heavy beats. They, yeah, they didn't, they didn't lose their man card uh, when they yeah, wrote those slice up these songs. You know? Exactly. And that's that's the influence uh, of rock and hip hop on just everyone. Yeah. <laughs> just percolating. And yeah. uh, like all music after like 1940 is yep. just like they all have one thing in common and it's beats. Now, do you, <laughs> you know? think, yeah. Do you feel like when you switched from uh, piano to guitar that you know, any real piano player would yell at me, but including you maybe, but I feel like guitar has more percussive capabilities than a piano. Is that one of the things that attracted you to the guitar? Because your fingers you mean like You mean like the electric guitar versus the acoustic piano? Because we have to yeah. clarify exactly what yes. type of keyboard it's exactly. talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, the acoustic piano uh, okay, so let's put them on the same playing field. Uh, the acoustic piano and the acoustic guitar. Okay. Absolutely. The guitar is way more percussive. Not that you can't be some kind of genius like Ben Folds and learn right. how to do beats on the piano as you're playing. Right. Uh, it's not going to be as like thumpy and like mm -hmm. as like the subdivisions aren't going to be like as crisp and the thump isn't going to be as thumpy as if you were to beat in a, an electric, I mean, an acoustic guitar. Right. especially a direct in acoustic guitar you're to beat it and play beats on it and do those notes like that's like a whole genre of right. like acoustic guitar players who like play these instrumental 
alternate tuning opuses and they do beats on this at the same time yep, they do like I've a bunch that. of har harmonizing and harm yeah. uh harmonics yep, and they yep. like they literally like it sounds like a literal cajon yeah and uh, there are some people who have gone that direction on the piano but it's not the same you know i, I always felt like and, and i'm always i always like to clarify and, and qualify that i'm not a good guitar player so i don't want to put myself on that level but i love the guitar and so i i feel like one of the differences is that the guitar doesn't have a middleman between your fingers and the strings you know the well, piano about the uh, really creative piano players the really yeah. creative players they open the lid of the piano yeah, and they, and they can go in yeah, yeah. This, this is this is built on the assumption that there's a literal grand piano with a lid at this gig like you're right 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 yeah and, and with like guitar, you definitely can't do any of this shit with a keyboard a digital piano no way <laughs> right 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 and, and it's like i there's a guy i saw out of um Australia, he's got, um, I don't know if it's a Hammond, but he's got the whammy on it. Oh, a Hammond? Oh, <laughs> okay. And he does some you just, crazy you just shit the on that. Conversation and we're not talking about Hammond organ. I know, I know. And, we and were this, talking, no, that is a totally, that's the first synthesizer that was ever invented. Yeah, I know. The very first and, like keyboard synthesizer ever in human history was the Hammond organ. Yeah. So like that thing is amazing. It's a monster. Um, it is just as percussive it is it is literally the only keyboard instrument that stands up to the electric guitar yeah he I, I would, just as percussive um yeah. it's got huge range you can do that thing that bubble it's literally yeah. just it's the exact amount of percussion yeah. um, capabilities um if you learn how to play it correctly yeah. um and also it has the it has the same amount of like unlimited different tones yeah, so like yeah, if you yeah. leads and you want to switch to a different pickup to make that lead scream a little bit more, you can do the same exact thing with the draw bars on the yeah. Hammond. And yeah, then it, here's where the Hammond one-ups the electric guitar. The freaking bass feet piano pedals. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So you are literally three people. In the, yeah. in the left hand, you can play the rhythmic percussive um, rhythm part. Yeah. In the right hand on a separate tier of keyboard you can do leads and right. the leads can, yeah, the leads are like real because you're doing the bars and you're doing the volume pedal right and you're doing the leslie intensity and yeah, then yeah, your yeah. feet you can play the freaking bass line yeah well I, you make me think of getty lee who does that except so, when he does it he's got a bass in his hand and he's oh, got he, he's playing with one hand and he's got this hand on the keyboard and then he's got his foot on the keyboard, if you've ever seen that, any singing. Which, Dude, if I yeah. ever played the, if, if I ever learned another instrument, it's going to be the Hammond organ because I'm already half, I'm already halfway there because of the uh, fact that I play the piano. I'll, so I'm already I'll, halfway there. When, I, when we're done tonight, I'm going to send you this video I have on YouTube. I have to find it. It's something, okay. the name of the song is, um, the only cure for the blues is the blues. Like, you know, it's a little word play. Nice. You know, and it's some band which I was positive was from the American South and they're from Australia. You yeah. know, like I, just everything about them screamed this country. And what this guy does on the ham and with the whammy, it, it's, it's, you're right, it, it, it's the guitar and then some. And, and, I'm serious. It's the only instrument, the only yeah. like lead instrument, I think, 
that can stand up to the guitar. Because the other famous lead instruments, a lot of them are horns and horns can't play chords. Right. So automatic, like, boom, you've halved your capabilities. Your ceiling is lower. Yeah. Because you can't play chords. You always have to get other people to play the music for you. Or you got to get real good with those tracks and make it not yeah. cheap. Yeah. You know yeah. So a lot of the lead instruments don't have the chord in the full range of the mm, like scale range, right? Yeah. But the piano has a way bigger scale range, but the acoustic piano has less tonal and percussive options. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, the only instrument that had one ups the electric guitar is the Hammond organ, which is crazy yeah. because the Hammond organ was invented like 80 years before the electric guitar. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it was invented yeah. in the 1800s, dude. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. And <laughs> even just saying the name, it's just everyone knows the Hammond organ. Oh, it's excellent. It's an yeah. excellent freaking instrument. It's the only instrument I would switch to from the electric guitar. Right. And you know how to play. So, so it's I easy. know how to play the keys. I know how right. to play the keys. I do right. You don't know that. You know, know how to play the Hammond organ. No. You can figure that out. Like, half of the Hammond organ is knowing how to play the piano, right? Yeah. And the other half of it is specifically knowing the exact amount of capabilities from the organ itself and knowing how to achieve them. So it's like, I, I want this sound. I know exactly what I have to do to get that sound. So I, and there's had, a lot you have to do sometimes. There's like 16 draw bars at least. We had, um, we had a musician on it. I want to say it was John DiNicola. He, took, he, had, he had us either on his iPhone or his iPad. We went through porn. And we were just looking, he had an old Leslie speaker, he had everything. And I think he gave, in nice. his tour, I think we had a Hammond in there too, which was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, but he had like a 19, whatever, like 62 restored Leslie cabinet, which was pretty cool. But yeah, the, the Hammond is just as iconic as that. It's like a whole world, man. If I, if I learn how to play another instrument, that is going to be the instrument I learn how to play. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do this show if I'm still kicking. When you when you hit those um, five different areas, you have to look at when you're 61. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Then that's when you're gonna switch to the Hammond. You're gonna do guitar for 30 more years, right? And then no, when you're 61. I think 61, the Hammond's gonna be 41. All right. Well, then I'll probably there's a higher likelihood that I'm still on this planet at that yeah, point. Yeah, I was thinking my 40s could. Yeah, you know, my 20s was the guitar. My 30s yeah. is probably gonna be the guitar. And then I think my 40s will be the Hammond organ. All right, so we'll do a guitar tales, and we we, we have we have it scheduled now in 10 years from tonight. We'll All right. <laughs> now, now let me do this before I'm looking at I, yeah I'm looking at the clock. I love the shows. Candor, most of our shows when the time flies. We've been chatting for almost an hour already. Wow. And, yeah, and because it's fun, it's relaxing, it's fun. But I want to talk about and again I have to cheat. I always like to say when I'm cheating. Jackie the Robot. What the hell is Jackie the Robot? And let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, so Jackie the Robot's a different intersection. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that intersection. So intersection number one, I've always wanted to be a DJ. Okay. I see it as like the coolest, also like the most creative without um, the blocks of like learning curves. Learning how to play any instrument is extremely difficult. Like any instrument to the point where whatever you think you can get out. Like you think it and it's an idea in your brain and nobody can hear it but you. And you pick up that instrument and you can just play it, whatever it is. That takes decades, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes yeah. you just want to have fun. 
Right, 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 right. Sometimes you just want to be like, I wonder what this would sound like if I did this and this and that. And that's what DJs get to do. And I'm right. not saying that there's no skill in DJing. There's like a lot of like individual DJ skills um, that you do have to develop, but it's it's less nuanced than like learning how to move your hands within inches and like hold down a bar chord. It took me like eight months to learn how to hold down a bar chord. Are you serious? Yeah. You know how much I could do with DJing in eight months? Right, right. Okay, so check it out. Check it out. Okay. Imagine two parallel videos. One yeah. of them, I'm working up my DJing skills. So scratching, all that stuff, all the different types of effects and knowing when to use them, um, lining up the songs the right way with the right beats, um, making sure that the music is lining up with the voice well enough to where the melody isn't clashing with the music. All of that stuff is stuff that's nuanced, that's challenging, that DJs have to learn how to do. But I feel like I could do that in eight months. Whereas right. learning how to play the guitar like Eddie Van Halen, hmm, can you even play a chord? Right. Okay, good luck learning how to play just a chord. Yep. Okay, it's been eight months and you've learned how to play a chord? Yeah, the bar, oh. I, I can still remember, I had a, a girl from Hazlitt, New Jersey taught me bar chords. I didn't even know they existed yet. And that's really hard it's, it's really, really hard you have to yeah. develop muscles that your fingers probably never prior to that ever mm -hmm. used yeah. and so it, it isn't me like saying that like djs don't have to work as hard but it's, it's me saying thing. that the, the the type of work that they have to do is way more fun like yeah. just playing a beat and then working on lining stuff up with that beat that is way more fun than building a callus that hurts so bad every time you try to practice the guitar. Yeah. You, have to, you have to experience like callous pain for like a year and a half before you're like, oh, it's not that the pain isn't there, it's that I don't feel it anymore. Right. And finally, <laughs> you and know, finally like, your string isn't buzzing anymore. Finally, yes, exactly. you're in. Yeah. After a year and a half, it took me one year to be able to play for 30 minutes without my hands fatiguing so much that I had to take a 15 minute break. Right, right. So, so where have you been doing your DJing work, Jackie? So that's the first, yeah, that was the first intersection. DJs have more fun. They just do. It, right. It's not that they don't work as hard. It's just that they have more fun. Instrument players, oh. we're all weird. We're all like borderline, like, like most of us are like drug addicts. Most of us are like, right. okay, I got to go practice bar chords for six hours and then I could maybe play one song at the end of it. Right. Like we're all losing our freaking minds. We all, we, they call it the woodshed. Yeah, we all locked ourselves in the woodshed for 10 years just so that we could play Britney Spears' Toxic at right. a wedding. Right, 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 right. It's like, meanwhile, the DJ's over there blending Britney Spears' Toxic into a Stevie Wonder song, getting out of that, going into a Paul Wall song. Meanwhile, the DJ's over there like, waka, waka, wah, waka, waka, wah, and we're all just like, <laughs> so anyway, DJ's have more fun. Um, thing number two, Jackie Vinson, the project is really locked down. It has a it has a team. In order to okay. operate the way it does, it it needs to have a team, and the people on that team need to get paid. And so the only way that the people get paid is any money that that project makes gets split up um, into whatever percentage we agreed that they would get paid. So right. the agent gets a piece, the lawyer gets a piece, the business manager gets a piece, the manager gets a piece, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's all this, like, sustaining machine where, like, we establish a certain rate so that it can cover all the costs of everything that it costs to run the project to begin with, right? Right. So I can't just be like, 
oh, friend of mine who's in this other band, let's do a show together. It's like, nope, got to turn on the whole engine. Okay, we're doing this show. Oh, wait, we have another show two weeks later and there's a radius clause, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's all this formality that goes along with this project because this project has been developed over the course of 10 years. So what I wanted was like a cool outlet to just have fun with my friends and just be able to be like, yeah, I'll totally take that show tonight at nine o'clock and uh, just Venmo me. Oh, perfect. Right. And by the way, it's it's four in the afternoon. Sure, I could be there tonight. Yeah, I could be there tonight. Oh, so-and-so dropped out. Neat. Yeah, I'll be there. Versus I call my agent and he's like, well, you have a show on Friday and you can't play any public shows until after that show on Friday. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, right, like, right. I don't even have to mess with that project and I can still get this cool like outlet and still just kind of like be a person in my community. So are you just bringing a Mac with you or what are you bringing with you if you DJ? I use an iPad. Okay, or even easier, right. And then they'll yep. give you, they'll have the turntables waiting for you there, right? Yep. Scratch. Technique? What? What? Oh, what well, kind actually, of... I have my own turntables. I use that one right here. Can you oh, see it? so the newer style, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it works the best with the iPad. Oh, that makes sense. Well, very cool. Yeah, it's so, like a special iPad edition. Right, right. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: When people want to find you, uh, where are they going to find all your stuff? Um, my website is a big hub for that. Okay, so JackieBenson.com is I forget. Is, yeah, right? and I also have, yep, that's it. And then also my Bandcamp, which is just Jackie Vincent on Bandcamp. And Vincent, and, by the way, hold on. Vincent is V-E-N-S-O-N, because I want yeah, to make v- sure people spell victory. it right. Yes, is V that, like victory. Yep, there you go. Um, yep. And not, no Q in your name. You don't have one of those kind of Jackies. You have J-A-T-K-I-E. Yep. Right. All right. I got to say, I've had such a fun time with you. Um, and it sounds more, more importantly, it sounds like you're having fun. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of doing things as they come, you know, like you do things and then you get ideas to do new things. So then I I chase the idea and I do new things and it's cool. And, And it keeps on changing and growing and evolving just because it's alive. You know, it's like when you have a kid. You yep. know, they start off as like this glob and they can't yep. really do anything. And then you teach them how to do a few things and then they just keep growing and they just keep going in that way. And then one day you're like having a drink with them. Yep. Yeah. I was just going to say, and then they're drinking. You know, in my like, basement. I mean, they're drinking in somebody's basement, but or one day, one day yeah. you're drinking with them and you oh, guys are having absolutely. a conversation about your job yeah. or something or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's just really cool to put this music in motion and see where it goes. It, it grows legs and it goes somewhere and I never know where it's going to go. And it's like endless excitement. Well, I like the fact that you have a lot of positive energy about your creativity. I think that's great. Well, I, I only established that by being independent. <laughs> it's the that's, only way I can do it. And that goes back to um, way back at your five points, right? Yeah, I hate having a boss. No bosses. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to do it. We are anti-boss on this show. Yes, I am anti-boss. I, I am only down for multiple bosses. Perfect. Well, I, <laughs> perfect. well have a wonderful night. And, and I got to say, this has been a lot of fun. Indeed, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.